Last week we spoke about the momentum. The effect that momentum has on <coughs> effect momentum has on uh, on gravity, the natural law of gravity. And so most of you would have gone home and with the with the understanding that we taught you that momentum is the right thing that's going to help us walk in the spirit. But momentum is our problem. The problem we're sitting with, the problem we're dealing with. See, if we have a momentum that is synchronized perfectly with the rest of the body, and the momentum that is a spiritual momentum, then it's fine. But that's not generally what we have. We have counter-momentum. So we're going to start to unpack that. The counter-momentum that we need to sort out very quickly is your faith and your faith and your faith and your faith and your walk and your walk and your walk and your walk and your walk. The first song we played this morning was carefully chosen because any of us that try to contribute to that particular song would have probably failed. So most of us had a response. I wish I could sing with. But, um, and then, did anybody feel kind of frustrated because there was no words? You don't know the words? Did it happen to anybody? Yeah. Occurred to you that, where's the words? How am I supposed to sing with if there's no words? Didn't happen to anybody. Because you want to do what? we want to talk when the Holy Spirit is talking. That's why we, we have to start watching out for these dynamics. God starts talking and we go like, great, we're having a conversation. I don't know about you, but if I've a habit, if somebody interrupts me, I keep quiet. Most people won't even notice. Someone interrupts me, I just stop talking. They'll never know what I wanted to say. Might have been important. They're just never going to know. 
something I've learned over the years in counseling. People make an appointment, especially first time or second time visitors. In the days when I did a lot of counseling outside the church, this was a dynamic. People make an appointment, they come, then they spend the entire hour speaking. And I'm sitting there thinking, if you had the answers, then you didn't need to drive all the way here. And now you're doing all the talking. But, but it's, it's just a general sign of how foolish people are. And we are in a very interesting new season. The Lord is going to lavish more love on us later in the year. But now the Holy Spirit is just still struggling to get us to just stop a little bit. You see the momentum we're talking about. I'm going to explain that just now. There's a different type of momentum. How do we sink as a body to such a degree that we get used to it and walk it out continuously? Is that necessary? Because that's when the kingdom comes, the kingdom in the kingdom everybody is synced. We're one body, and um, the word the word should bring that uh, in us. So, what we need to embrace is the duality of living here and there, and having that become one flow. The whole body Now that's what. That's why we're going to look at the scripture about the sons of God being revealed again. But we, we're hoping to see it in our lifetime. But all we have to work with is, is this. We can't actually think about how God is going to do it on a bigger scale. But we know it's supposed to happen. Um, it's the chaos that's causing that's causing that not to happen and um we still we're busy learning i don't i know we've 
put all the basic things in place. But you see, we need to acknowledge when our hands are empty. When we have to seek Him to fold that again. The problem is we have this habit of wanting to do something. Now He will give us instruction that we can follow. He will lead us in a way that we can respond. Problem is, when we are so busy responding all the time that He doesn't have the opportunity to to correct and to synchronize our actions, our thoughts, our responses. So the first song was supposed to just minister to us and I know everywhere in the room people were kind of making a quick assessment. How can I or how can I try do something? So now, instead of, if we, we take away the ability or the potential to sing, what do we do? Now we start doing stuff on the inside. Okay, all the movement is bringing us potentially out of sync with the rest of the body. There was this opportunity this morning to, every, to, to just pull together in unity, to allow the Holy Spirit to just move among us. Now some might even realize and understand how we could move into that place of one spirit better. But there's, there's still some of us in the room that are currently not even able to understand how you didn't understand what I just say. And that's what we're going to work on this year. I'm very aware of the fact that some people in the room did not understand what I just said, and yet you think you understand. The Holy Spirit is going to have to help us all. Why is this important? Because... If we don't learn to walk in step, then the person that keeps walking out of step when I'm not here or she's not here or we're both not here, they're gonna they're going to act that out. And we would like to see this fellowship survive the next 10 to 20 or 30 years, however long you need to fellowship together in this place. And I'm very concerned of, about the survival of this move of the Spirit. Every move of the Spirit in the past did well and then it reached a high point and then it ceased to exist. All the moves of the Spirit went that way. And the reason that happened is because when the Spirit started moving, everybody built up momentum, we were doing something. Then they started worshipping. And then by the Spirit, 
um, there would be these wonderful authentic signs of people just bursting out in worship and that was authentic but then they thought that they had to continue that way forever and it became disorderly and disruptive and there was this move of repentance where people would lay on the floor and cry and repent for hours and that was authentic problem is a year later when the Holy Spirit wanted to start teaching them the word properly some people still wanted to lie on the floor and repent so the revival couldn't continue Then the next thing that obviously happened is the moment that some people repented and had some knowledge of the word, they wanted to run out there and get everybody involved with the revival. And then it became a church move, no longer a spirit move. And as much as I want to run out there and get everybody involved with the revival, I don't want it to become a church move either. So the only solution that I can see is we respond to something the Holy Spirit is doing in obedience. And if, unless we learn to respond correctly when He stops, when He moves, when He does something different, unless we learn to respond, we are going to be in danger of also becoming one of those stories. Now this wouldn't even be considered by the world as a revival movement, but we know it is. And I thank God that it's not a big movement, because we haven't gotten it right yet. We've only walked out the beginning stages of repentance, repenting back to His Word, seeking the Holy Spirit. But he has definitely changed his tone. He's changed his tone, which is communicating to me that we've got to be careful now. Because we could assume that it's been going so well that it's just going to continue going well. So today we're going to look at some of the practical things that we can look at. Problem is with some of the th big things he shows me, it's so obvious and it's so practical that I, I do better explaining the complicated things sometimes. The simple things is difficult to explain. And yet, this is so simple that we continually miss it. Okay, let's see if we can do this. We have the entire story in the Old Testament regarding or dealing with the Israelites as, as a reminder, as a teacher. We have to look at the details of it. 
when they were doing good, how good were they doing? I mean, there's these phenomenal stories where they just double the time of the feasts because they, they're doing so well. They understand the things of God. And then a week later, it's all over. And it would seem, if we look at church history, that it's when it's really going well with God's people that they're in most danger. I've always had a love for Martin Luther. And what he what Lord used him to do is, is more than ninety nine percent of God's people will ever uh, be given. And he did really well. And the other people that was involved with that particular move of the Spirit, they did really, really well. And they did really, really badly. So we are eternally grateful for what they had left us and what they had put in place. They saved us from the Catholic Church. And they left us with the one we have now. In some ways, it's even worse. Because they didn't finish what they started. I understand they didn't exactly know how, and they did accomplish a lot. They had to translate the whole Bible. They had to figure out most of the truth from scratch. They had to rediscover grace. That was a big deal. And then there was the movement that John G. Lake and that generation was part of. And they saw the restoration of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And they did really well. And they did really badly. But I respect what they did immensely. thing that none of them got was understanding the difference between walking in the Spirit here and walking in the Spirit. That's what we have. We understand that we are in Him. Do you understand that our concept that we have, that we in Him, do you understand that that is something they didn't have? With everything that the Lord used them to do, they didn't understand that. But it means that we are going to be far more responsible for that truth. Because if we know it, 
and we don't live it, then how much did we squander? So personally, I feel like I have nothing at the moment. I feel like I have everything to gain. Because last year, we did well. Very well. Like a toddler that comes home from preschool with whatever he painted that day. And his parents are really proud of him. But it's going to mean squaddedly when he's 18 years old. So we can't stay there. And I'm not minimizing all the work, all the repentance, all the effort, all the emotional suffering, all the sacrifices. There's been much. But when we move on to the seven letters, I think we'll understand all of that in context very clearly. Okay. So. Let's go back to Romans 8. Now please, my tone might not be sound very joyful, just because we have to change momentum. Okay, so now so now each individual in this room comes and s comes into this particular move of the Holy Spirit and are exposed and invited into some of the truth. The truth are offered, some of that food is eaten. And then we read after our baptisms or just after the baptism or on in the weeks, years to follow that we read there is, now, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Messiah Yahushua who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. And because we have finally managed to walk according to the Spirit for a moment, we rejoice because in the smallest way we look at this verse and finally it's in some way applicable to us where the reality is we understand that it was 0% applicable to us before so now that it's 2% applicable we should rejoice it's a wonderful thing we're talking about the impossible And it's good, and we are grateful for that. 
until the Lord brings us to this place where we are at now and we read it again. And we go, thank you, Lord, that we have tasted and experienced. But now the Lord is going to shift his gaze and go, it's wonderful. Now let's see how much we're still walking in the flesh. And that's exactly what's happening this year. It's not exactly the curriculum for the year I would have chosen. But it is what he is going to be focusing on. Because it's the degree to which we're still walking in the flesh that's going to potentially destroy this fellowship. Because now, those that have walked the longest have started making peace. with the balance that they've struck. Not everyone. And I suppose to some degree everybody. So we've gone through a process of negotiating, realizing that what we have initially negotiated wasn't going to work. We're going to have to go back to the negotiating table with God and we're going to have to give a little bit. And then we repent a little bit more and we kind of adjust our negotiations again. And then we walk a bit more and we realize, okay, I actually want more of what he's saying I should be doing. So then we go back to the negotiating table and we renegotiate. How much am I going to be able to keep? Now all of us said we're going to lay down our lives. We didn't really mean it, did we? Did we mean it? Maybe. Maybe you're telling yourself you meant it. But somewhere there's a little notebook where we have kind of still negotiated on some things. And many of us have made huge leaps, given up much. See, we are more willing to give up on the big issues than the small ones very often. Okay, no. Usually, I would now add, but there's no condemnation. Look at all the teachings before, I would add that very quickly. Because for a long time, Much of what we were doing is to help everybody out of the habitual condemnation. Because, you see, we know that if you have a person, you're trying to encourage them to do better, and they've been so used to thinking they can't do better anyways, then you first got to show them they can do better because otherwise they're never going to do better. So most of us come out of condemnation anyways. But now that we've done better, we're in danger to think, well, now there's no condemnation. Okay, but this is just like God's love. 
Most of what we were walking is conditional. We've noticed that faith is conditional. The degree to which we walk in grace is conditional. Why do I say walking in grace is conditional? The moment you do something on your own, as an individual, you've moved outside of grace. Have you noticed? He condemned sin in the flesh. Now we are in verse 3, mid-sentence. He condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. What, what do we hear? What is, is it that we are hearing? Now let's see how this works. So we spoke last week about gravity. Now we used gravity to try and to start to give us some idea of the fact that there's a causative influence in our lives. Now most of the day, none of us think about gravity. Mm. It's not like you're walking around going like, I'm stuck to the ground because of gravity. Thank you Lord for gravity. How many of you thank the Lord this week for gravity? <laughs> no. Okay, it's just a causative effect and it's constant. Constant. Now when we read Romans 8, the beginning, can we just start to try and understand that we're talking about two constant causative elements. Two causative powers, influences. Constant. There is the causative pull of the flesh, and the causative pull of the Spirit. And it's constant. Just like gravity. It doesn't come and go. This is elementary to the rest of our walk this year. Elementary. Don't rush past this point and think, Oh, I understand. I got it. Let's move on. If you don't get it, the rest of the year is going to become difficult. There is this constant, invariable reality that there is the causative effect of the flesh and the spirit continuously for us. If you have been baptized, it's continual all the time, even when you're sleeping. And you are responding 
to these two causative influences continuously. How are you responding to it? Ask yourself the question. This is what we need to understand. We need to learn and discern. We need to start to gain a grasp upon it. I know that I am more able to respond to the Spirit because I am able to remain quiet for longer periods of time continuously. When I say quiet, what do I mean? When I say I'm able to be quiet, I'm able to become one with the end result that is Messiah for longer periods of time while in the flesh. These are the moments when I don't, do not try to contribute anything except being there. So, who does anybody understand why there's waves that are so beautiful? It's because the water reached the dead end. If everything was going well with that particular part of the ocean, then there would be no wave. It's not the same as a swell. Do we get what I'm saying? It reached the dead end. Now it's splashing around in desperation. Okay. Say Elise sends Hanley a message. Say, so can we have, okay. Can we have coffee sometime? Hanley says, sure, I'd like that. Elise sends back a message, when will you have time? Hanley sends back a message, says, I'm having a horrible week. I'm really busy. I'm really tired. I will let you know. What happened? She indulged the flesh and ruined the moment. What a grave transgression against the body. Would it feel like a transgression? No, it would be quite normal. Elise's proper response would be to send a message back and say, okay, let's cancel, let's talk again when you're able to walk in the Spirit. 
because we have a principle that says turn your back on self. I'm saying this so that we can get some idea of where we want to go to eventually this year. Because in some very elementary way, we've started kind of to implement the principles, kind of. And because we're doing more of it than everybody else, we know we think we're doing fine. If one does that fleshly thing, does it open the door for a bad thing to happen? Yes. Thank you. You're spot on. That's why we're doing this. Because we're causing ourselves so much pain, so much harm. And the thing is, now we've become liars. Because we keep saying we're going to repent and we never do. If we want to be honest about it. You had to be able to just quickly balance the books in accountability. And we went back on every time we intended to repent from our fleshly behavior selfish, self-focused behavior, every time we said we are repenting. So, so thank you for bringing that up, Charlene. So this is exactly the consequences is going to be, it's going to become more immediate, more instantaneous and more serious. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Messiah Yahushua, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Messiah has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, He condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us. who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. There's two mechanisms that are having a constant causative effect in our lives. Constant never stops. It's never less, it's never more. But maybe, I mean, God is a loving God. So He looks at your life and goes, well, things are really tough right now, financially, so I totally understand that you are in the flesh. We're just going to, you know, Make some provision for that. 
So we're going to adjust the law of sin and death slightly and adjust the law of the spirit of life and Messiah slightly to accommodate the fact that right now you really have a lot of pressure. So I tell you what, we'll just restore the standard of things when things go better in your life. When everybody around you treats you better, then um, we'll walk in the Spirit again. When finances are better, then I'll expect you to walk in the Spirit again. But for now, I understand fully, you know. Complain all you want. See, I'm, I'm not saying this with judgment. I'm saying this with a terrible fear of the Lord in me. Because I do not want us with all the gifts and all the blessings that we've enjoyed to continue in this. Thank God that we're not in a position to communicate to each other everything that we think. Because the little bit we're doing right now is already doing in our farm. The rest of all the damage and devastation is just caused by you in your own life. So try and contain it. And keep it there. Harsh. I think this is more or less what God would say to me if I listened. No, I'm listening out for all the good stuff. I'm only paying attention when He's saying something nice. And then if it looks like He's going to say something remotely corrective, I just repent before He can say anything quickly. Josh, what uh, sound familiar? I remember when I was growing up, children were still getting hidings, so they'd be naughty. And the dad would go, stop that, and they'd carry on until he got up. And then all of a sudden they'd go like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and they'd cover their bums. They're not sorry, they just don't want the hiding. While he was just saying, stop, nothing happened. And we don't want to get to that point. Uh, what's the proper response for that duality pull all the time? We're going to, this year, he's going to help us understand how to maintain walking in the Spirit better. But to do that, we have to minimize responding to the other pool. 
and it's this, it's that's what's so difficult. It's so simple. Is when the thought comes, I'm feeling so sorry for myself. Where those thoughts, those those me thoughts, that is the big big harm that's being done in our lives. Um, it's the place where we indulge the most. And it comes out in the way we communicate with each other. It comes out in the small things. Now, why is this important? Because it's the grave damage that we are doing to the body right now. See, it's the area that l doesn't look like it does anything. That's been there. And it's... It's being highlighted because we've taken all the other obvious stuff out of the way. We've done so well that now those areas are becoming so obvious we can't ignore it anymore. Now, you can't talk about these things in a normal church because all the obvious stuff they're, they're still doing. Now we, because we have been so blessed, are going to notice the other things. But I'm more concerned about what you do when you're alone. Because that's what you're going to want to just quickly bring up when you see someone else. It's not that we've got to stop doing it when we see someone else. Stop doing it when you're alone. That's what we're going for. We're either busy with the Lord... Or we're busy with ourselves. And I don't know about you, but I never do well when I hang out with myself. Yet we want to. Now, some of you come to me for advice, but I never go to me for advice. I go to the Lord because when it comes to me and me, I'm no good for myself. Okay, does it make sense? Okay. We're going to start to take this head on. And it's easy to measure. What's the first thing you think of when you wake up? What are the last things you think of when you go to sleep? How much are you complaining? We tend to think we'll stop complaining when all the problems end. The problems are going to end when we stop complaining. According to Romans 8. Verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death. Does anybody want to interpret that for us? But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. 
it's what it always said. It's not new. Because the carnal mind is enmity against Yahweh. But I thought we loved him. Are we somewhat confused? Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Now I'm very aware of the fact that by verbalizing what the Lord is speaking to me about, I am fully accountable as well. So there's another huge level of change and repentance. But I'm talking about repentance, not confession. Let's stop with that as well. Let's agree that we're not going to give each other grace on that anymore. If you confess and you don't repent, then you do it again, I'm going to see it as a transgression. And I want you to do the same with each other. So we don't judge each other, but we are just not going to... We're actually just not going to pretend anymore. So if somebody says, sorry, I did that again, I'm going to ask why. Why did you do it again? Didn't we have this conversation last year? See, this wasn't last year's standard. The Lord was still teaching us these things. And I'm not saying that we didn't do well. But slowly but surely I saw some things creep in more and more again. And I can feel in my own mind, I want to do it. So I can't complain with the Lord if I have to pray about Leon again for the same thing. It's my job. It's what the Lord gave me to do. Do you see what I'm saying? It would be good for me to remember. He can't complain if he has a difficult client at work again. It's what he does. Just deal with it. Fair enough. You decided to be an architect. It's your own fault. We do ourselves so much harm. See, I've stopped saying I hate going to checkers and all of a sudden I have so much less irritation with them. It goes smoothly. But you see, what I did at one stage is if I needed to go there, I started complaining from the moment I grabbed my wallet at home. I was like, this is going to waste my time again. They probably just, the price isn't going to be right. And what happened? The price wasn't right. It's true. We just don't wise enough to these things. Mm 
it's practical and it's that's why it's so difficult to teach because it's so practical so so every day and yet it has this huge spiritual dynamic to it now let's get to the actual teaching okay let's go to matthew chapter 22 verse 37 Uh, verse 37. Okay, so in 36, they ask him, the Pharisees ask him, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Yahushua said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So, if we want to see this fellowship survive and prosper, how are we going to love each other? How would you like to be loved by the others? With the rotten part of their minds? Do we want to be exposed to each other's rottenness? Do we want to be exposed to each other's carnal minds? How do we feel when it happens? We meet it in grace. It's become real. I know you know exactly what I'm talking about. These days when we encounter each other's carnal minds, we want to run. There was a time that it was so... It was all we had. We didn't even notice. Okay, let's look at this. We're going to do this again, because it's been a while and well since we spoke about this this sums up the entire law okay, this is basically the beginning of the Ten Commandments if we were able to just understand God then instead of giving the whole law in the Ten Commandments he just needed to say this the fact that he had to expound on it shows that he understands we, we need we need more detail but I think we've had a lot of detail in our discipling I think we can just get back to basically what he said you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart all your heart 
all the desires, all the motivations, all the emotions all the inclinations all those things that will drive you you shall love the Lord your God Yahweh with all your passions and your emotions and your motivations your desires. Now, if this becomes the causative constant influence, it sounds good to me. I just kind of perceive there'd be so much less pain and confusion and upset. Because if he says I must, and I start responding, then obviously he's going to create more and more circumstances and possibilities for me to be able to do so. Mm. It's the, all the other things that we love with our hearts that's causing all the problems, all the pain. Okay, life has taught us that, hasn't it? So why was it necessary for him to teach us to forgive each other? If he just said, we should love him with all our heart. Okay. So did we all get that? Please put that as one of the most important teachings you will ever hear. When he says love him with all your heart, it means all your emotions. How do you love him with all your heart while being discouraged? How are you loving him with all your heart while you're feeling sorry for yourself? Something's wrong. It means you're loving yourself more in that moment than him. You might say yes, but sometimes circumstances, things happen. What does it mean for those who walk according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh? If I can't sort something out in prayer, then should I dwell on it? If it's something that I should repent of, then I should repent of it. If the Lord decided to end the moments on earth for someone we love, then that's His decision. But if we should be seeking someone's healing in prayer, then we should be diligently seeking that in faith. Does that make sense? doesn't mean we don't feel compassion. We do feel compassion because the Lord felt compassion. But compassion with a result. A movement forward. So remember we're still talking about two types of momentum. 
we were taught that we should have certain responses. We were taught that if it turned out that the shower was cold in the morning, I have ample right to tell everybody about it and complain for the next two days. But when I had a hot shower, I didn't necessarily rejoice. I just took my shower. So we can unlearn some of these things that we thought we, we sh should respond to. And we can be free from those responses. So it opens up all the space. See the potential. The busy minds can actually be so much less busy. So we're going to go on. With all your soul. Can you get the one in Luke for us? It speaks about this. I think Luke has four things. So what this scripture, what the scripture is trying to do here is to encapsulate the whole human being, all the, all the parts of us, so that it can govern all our responses. First commandment, God expressing His complete will for for, for us, so our life experience, our existence. He's expressing to us His will for our existence. Do not veer outside of this for a moment. If only we could stay there. I wish we could actually just quickly connect this with different aspects in the Bible and see how it works. Do not be unequally yoked. Um, be living sacrifices. Just apply this to those scriptures. Walking in the works that He prepared for our hands to walk in. The whole concept of destiny. The whole concept of hearing God. Just apply this to hearing God. So, in prayer... We know that we hardly pray about the stuff in our lives and then there's stuff in our lives that we need to pray about. The way we know is that we've got to, before we start, go like, would God really want to comment on this? And if He did, what would He say? So before we bring something to Him in prayer. Okay, now we get that concept. We certainly don't want to go and talk nonsense in His presence. What are we? 
with his body. Should we have the same kind of mindset and consideration before we bring anything into the presence of the body? What if we understood that what we bring into the presence of God should be the same as bringing into the presence of the body, and what we bring into the presence of the body should be the same as bringing it into the presence of God, because we are His body? Does it make sense? Those things we just kind of slide in quickly. That's got to go. Okay, so we're seeing it for what it is. With all your soul. Now that soul would be what we often read as, as life. Hate your life. That's the breath. That's that movement, life force on the inside. That's that part. So the pneuma. That make sense? The pneuma, that breath. Now this is very, very significant. Because the heart intentions and 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 motivations. That's that's in there, right? Now the pneuma, the soul part, where does that normally manifest? The breath. It's what we used to speak with. To express with. To laugh with. Or to cry with. So not really the frontal lobe either. It's the very essence. It's what comes out of us. It's the sigh. The sigh of despair. All the way we take a deep breath and we are strengthened. It's the way we can start to understand that soul part, that part that science cannot actually identify. That's how it is. We can either go and give up our strength. <coughs> we actually faced with that exact decision and choice to make every time we are faced with a hard moment. Which one are we going to do? The sigh or the strengthening? The giving up of the strength or the gathering of the strength? It's easy as that. Have you noticed? We choose. How do we choose? What causes us to choose the one or the, the other in that moment? You're either going to think of what you think is true or you're going to reflect on his word. Try and despair while thinking of what his word says. So if you're despairing, what are you not doing? Can I ask something? Can it in that moment be an exchange? It's kind of what I've experienced through the weeks. In those moments of silence, almost the giving up of your own strength and your own ability and actually literally believing. Good. We want to transition to a place where we don't have to do that anymore. Because we've been holding on to our own ability way too tightly.
So if you did give it up, why did you take it back? So we want to get to that mindset. Why do we need to always keep go giving it up, then do it again? Okay. Okay, from Luke uh, 10.27, says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And Thank you. We're going to look at that just now. Again, because there it adds strength, and that's very important. Now, let, can you read for us Psalm 50, verse 14? Offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Now we know that Yahushua teaches us not to make vows, but all of us have made a vow. We have a vow that we are all bound by. What is that vow? Life is his. Pay your vows to the Lord. Read it again, the whole thing. Offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. How complicated lives summed up by him in such disrespectful terms. Doesn't he know? Doesn't he understand? I have a multi-layered life going on here. Okay, it's complicated. See, I don't know about you guys, but I have a multi-layered life that I'm keeping in, you know, keeping going. All kinds of emotions and stuff happening. How can I just give thanksgiving and then keep the vow that my life belongs to Him and that's it? Simple as that. Well, we haven't we haven't tried. We've tried, but we haven't given it everything yet. Okay. Right. So, Luke. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. All your soul, so that pneuma, the life force. And with all your strength, your might, with all your might. Okay, the, the strength and might part, that's all your abilities, your talents, your gifts, your energy, your effort. That's the tricky one. Love the Lord your God with all your gifts and your talents and your qualifications and your skills 
this is where the aspect comes in where we don't use what we have to love him with. This is where we've got to watch out for the sin of neglect. Or, where we use those things to love ourselves, or to love another. To love another. So you see, it looks like this. So Manas might be working on a project. And he has skills, he has energy, he has know-how, he has all those things that he has accumulated over time. Life wants to put us in a position where we use these things to please other people. This puts us in a position where we become insecure and we become performance driven or the pressure becomes too much for some of us and we fold under the pressure what causes that because we forgot to just love god completely with those things when we love god through our skills our efforts our energy our work our labor love him not serve him love him then we tend to have a much lighter burden when we work. And it's difficult to complain about work if we've been loving him in the process. How did we separate that part of our lives so easily from loving God? That's where the strength and the might comes in. You might say, yes, but I'm a bartender. Pray. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> see, sometimes we're just paying the debt off because we made some really bad mistakes and we made bad choices. And then you start moving in a different direction. Yes, sometimes we do that. Because your intention is to love Him with all your strength and all your skills and all that you have. And sometimes that means that we should start making directional changes. But we can't all quit our jobs and say, I'm going to love Him with all my time and strength and not do the job anymore. We've got to redeem those things as far as it's possible. Make sense. Let's start changing firstly on the inside our attitudes the next one was mind now loving him with all your mind that's now when we get to knowledge all your mind all that you've learned all that you know your mental capacity love him with that it will sort out all the conf 
affliction and it will probably set us free from pride and arrogance and ego and insecurities when we start loving him with our minds. So we're looking at two causative effects. So, two mechanisms. Now, to minimize and negate the effect of gravity. Now, gravity will have the effect of causing you to be stationary. It causes weight. And what we want to do is by creating movement, we're displacing through, through energy and uh, movement, momentum, we can displace uh, or change the effect of, of gravity. When I was a kid at the uh, yearly fair, they had this round drum thing that you got into and then it started spinning. And then the floor moved down. Do they still have that? I don't know. It's called the tornado. A tornado, that's it. It was amazing. I love that thing. So, so we understand that from that machine that, <laughs> that, that momentum changed the effect. It displaced gravity. It didn't cancel it out. You were still stuck to the side of the thing. It just displaced gravity. Okay, now... So we understand, we said last week momentum, and then everybody went home and assumed that momentum was the good aspect that was going to help us walk in the spirit. Okay. But now we've got to understand that we have been creating momentum, and a lot of it. But the momentum we have been creating is the very thing that's cancelling out the gravity of the spirit and causing the gravity of earth. What is that momentum? All our thoughts. The I. Now, how do you know that you have this sickness? How many times a day do you think I? The spirit momentum is the see now. Try and create momentum around that word. Try your best. Try. Apply your mind to it. Think I am in there and then think something about I am at the same time. Try and do it. You have to go back to I am all the time. All you have to move away from it is think something about it. Now, apply the same exercise to thinking about yourself. You can easily just think about yourself and uh, 
As a matter of fact, it becomes difficult to think one thing about uh, thinking about yourself. It will pick up momentum within seconds. Okay, uh, do that exercise again. Get used to what it does in your mind. I am, and then try and think stuff about I am. And focus on I am at the same time. What's happening in your minds? Let me find out if it's the same for you as it is for me. The moment you think I am, everything stops right there. Dead. Stop. Is it happening to you? Can you no, but can you feel the, the effect of that? It's actually like a... What's a centrifugal force? Is that the way you say it? This, actually, I can feel it almost hurting my mind when I try and do it. Is it happening to you at all? He will stop you. You can, you can put the word God in there and then you can move. Then your brain can move. But as long as you put I am in there, you can't move. Is it working, really? Can you feel the effect of it? It's almost like you can feel the place where the two lobes of your brain get to come together. It's like beat you right there. I am. So just, just, I want you to feel it. I want you to let it sink in. Now, let I am go for a moment out of your mind. Just let it relax. Let the muscle relax. The moment you let it go and you try not to focus on it, you can feel your you can actually feel your brain relaxing. It's like a muscle relaxing. Now, try and remember your biggest concern right now. Not the thing that, that has been bothering you for the longest time. The thing that gets you angry, upset, depressed, worried. Now, think that and I am at the same time. So what happened to your brain capacity? Are you able to do it? It'll hurt your brain. Is it hurting anybody's brain trying to do it? Is it working either? Yeah. Restraining. So what we do is, we throw off the restraint of the knowledge of God, so that we can just worry for a little while.
sounds so simple when we say it. But you see, this is something we we just don't figure out. Stuff. We have to we have to literally stop with the truth of I am in order to do something else. But we can we can keep that. We can stay in that place and love him with all our mind, with all our soul, with all our strength and with all our hearts. And then everything can flow. We don't have to let I am go. Your brain will be able to now function. He created us in a way that you cannot, you are not allowed to do both at the same time. Did you hear what I said? He has created human beings in a way that you are not allowed to function in both places at the same time. You have to choose. There is now no condemnation to those who So if you go home and read Romans 8 again, can't be both. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Not some of his ways, not some of the time, all his ways, all the time. So keep your vows to the Lord. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, all your might. So, we have just embarked on this journey of understanding godliness. So we began our journey by declaring that the Lord created us in His image and His likeness. And that He would like to restore us to that place and that he has resurrected us and fully restored us now we have to remember what it's like we have to just rediscover okay so we can now see that the journey is leading us to a very definite result destiny uh, destination Try and get to the Lord, but get to a different destination. You'll have to go backward. This road only leads to one very specific point. So, for many of us, even those that are new to this group, You've spent years trying to negotiate the terms and conditions and to negotiate if you could maybe just have a multiple stop flight and visit more than one destination. See, this flight leads to one destination. That's it. I'm hoping that the reality of our walk so far is dawning on us. 
So it's a simple message. Now let's, for the week to come, let's pay attention to what uh, these two causative um, mechanisms in our lives does. Let's start pay, paying attention to it. Okay, here's the bad news. Your tolerance for the people around you are going to exponentially become less. Because the people around us cause the other type of momentum as well. And we're going to discover over the course of this year, as we try and understand godliness, how to respond in the correct way so that we don't get pulled into the vortex of the ungodliness. So, so, so we're not saying in any way that we're embarking on something easy. It means that we have to start breaking the natural laws of the world. Natural laws of the world is what? Compromise, double-mindedness, self. Thank you, Haley, for sending through. Haley sent through a photograph of, um, in the beginning of the season, she had beautiful flowers growing on her lawn. She didn't realize this, these were weeds flowering. <laughs> there were good flowers in between. So that's, that was such a beautiful picture of letting things just progress naturally. See, this world is fallen. And that's what we're going to do next week. We have something that, that, that is going to link in with this very strongly. And then we're going to look at the natural way of things. The fact that we live in a fallen world. And now we are implementing all these things to become free from the fall. So we've been legally set free from the fall and the curses. But if you check your thoughts over the last week, you'll realize that just because it's legally done doesn't mean it's practically true. Now the reason we are doing this, what we're doing right now, is... Not necessarily for you individually. It's for the sake of the body. Let me just rephrase that. It's definitely not for you individually. Definitely. Because see, you're saved. You're going to heaven. Um, you can individually, as an individual, you can continue the way you are. And people would probably still love you and have grace upon you. The problem is, that we have no idea how the little things that we shouldn't be doing is going to affect the body long term. What we do know is that we have 2,000 years of the body just never getting there.
how many generations, how many people, how many churches have prayed, let your kingdom come? Is it also for the outside harvests? The, the people that just just come in are benefiting so much from the things that we've already learned not to do and the things that we've already learned to do. Because when you guys came in, you came into a, an environment where people come in and they're quiet. Then no longer, do you know how long it took us to get there? You've got no idea. You come in and you go, wow, these people, they don't talk about rugby, they don't talk about themselves, nobody's bending my ear on the way in the door, that was an uphill struggle to just get that in place. In the beginning, to convince people you cannot have a quick chat, I tell you what, it wasn't easy. We, tried, we had to implement all kinds of things to remind people. But you came into it, and what did it cause? Made it easy for you to go like, ah, I actually want to be in prayer. I actually don't want to talk about myself. So you see what 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 we've established so far. A lot of the things we've we've learned not to do has already made the way for others to to slide into it very easily. And that's where when the harvest comes in, we want to bring them into ground that's been cleared of the weeds. Well, I want to make sure that people come in here, they're not going to be exposed to anybody. Bringing self into the equation. Because that means they'll, they'll be able to leave self behind very quickly. But it took us, that pioneered this, it took us a lot of effort and a lot of time. How did we fight to lay down things? When I met Tanli, she was so used talking to talking about work that whenever I greeted her in the beginning, that's the first thing she spoke about. And she didn't know she was doing it. Am I right? So the problem is now, if that's what you're used to doing and you come into worship, takes the first three songs to become free from those things before you can actually start worshiping God. So it, may, it opened up all this potential to just enjoy worshiping God. See how valuable these things are. Okay, so I'm hoping we can see that we've already tasted the fruit of it. You don't mind me using you as an example. These are the victories that we celebrate. Okay, remember the beginning days. When we started teaching, and I would teach probably, most probably, something hugely um, exciting and um, 
uncommon. And remember in the beginning how you would spend half the time in teaching just trying to concentrate and stop thinking about you. It's true. <laughs> the, the thing that was causing us to either fall asleep or lose concentration is because we were so busy continuing the thought patterns that we were so used to. Because we were doing it all day long. It's true. Okay, so that is that for today. Go meditate upon the two mechanisms and try and identify what it does. And then be brave enough to start identifying how much of the I momentum is in place. So if you run, you minimize the effect of gravity. But what happens? You will run out of energy. And you'll have to stop. And when you have run as far and as fast as you can, and then when you stop, is gravity seemingly more or less? <laughs> I don't know about you, I feel like I weigh twice as much. <laughs> and you're tired, so you want to lie down. Okay, so what I'm saying is we're going to learn how to not create momentum to walk in the Spirit out of our own works and our own effort. Because you can't sustain it. And then when you stop, you crash right back into the flesh. So now you've had 15 minutes of walking in the Spirit and two days recuperating in the flesh. Okay, amen. Bye-bye. <laughs>